What's up, you crazy guys and gals? I'm John John Guzman. And this is Nicole Beatty, and welcome to this week's show of... Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes, ma'am. We have a million-dollar question for you, but... First, we have a youth radio show to broadcast. Coming up is some crazy cool stuff consisting of an interview with Ron Wallace, and the editor of the Perspective newspaper. Which is an African-American-focused newspaper. Yeah. Also, we have... A youth, a youth commentary on energy conservation. Oh snap, this hour will prove to be a good one. Yes siree, you're, tun- you're tuned into Youth Radio. On 89.9 KUNMFM. Now we have a smart radio-tastic, some radio-tastic musica with An Nguyen. The first song I'm going to play for you tonight is Mace by Seven Flowers. Seven Flowers is a girls only band from China and the song was played in the movie The Magicians of Love, and I picked it because in the movie, the song is played only when two lovers try to cross a maze and end up together in the middle. The second song you hear is the piano theme from the movie Into Thin Air, which is another Chinese movie. And now we have a wonderful interview conducted by John John Guzman. He will be interviewing Ron Wallace, the editor of the Perspective newspaper, and John Quillen Hill of our very own Youth Radio Collective, who is also a contributing writer of the Perspective. Mr. Wallace, what is the Perspective? Well, uh, John John, the Perspective is an African American focused publication. Uh, actually, there are two publications. One is a magazine, and that's called The Perspective. Uh, and then there's The Perspective 2, which is our newspaper. How long has The Perspective 1 and 2 been around? Well, The Perspective, we started The Perspective in uh, 1999, believe it or not. I can't believe it's been that long. But The Perspective was started out as a news publication that was published every six weeks. And then... Um, it transformed into a magazine that was published every six weeks. Uh, the Perspective 2 uh, actually has a two-month uh, life lifeline right now. We started two months ago, it's, uh, and we started it because of um, the need to be more active in the community. Every six weeks was a really serving purpose we wanted to do f- to be able to mobilize the community. So the Perspective 2 became our Two-week publication is published every two weeks, and and it it serves the purpose of mobilizing the community and keeping the community active with information. Um, why was the perspective started? 
I was started simply because we we ran and you know, there was a situation where the state of New Mexico always identified itself as a tricultural state. It always, you know, they identified three cultures: the uh, Anglo culture, Hispanic, and the Native American. And uh, the you know producing this perspective as an African American focused publication gives us an opportunity to to let people know that this is a multicultural state, which was formalized. Uh, by the governor just last year, and 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 it's it's you know it formalizes that, and it documents the things that are happening for the African American community in the state of New Mexico, the accomplishments, the the past, the the past accomplishments, the future accomplishments that are things that are ongoing, and the things that our young people are doing, and we hope to be doing in the future. Okay, and this one is for both you, Mr. Wallace, and uh, you, Junkolin. Uh, we'll start with Jonquil. How much youth involvement do you think is in the perspective? Um, I think it's there's quite a bit of youth involvement. I think that it was put that way because um, the African-American youth of New Mexico do need a voice. And when you talk to people who don't live in the state or let them know you're from New Mexico and tell them, that you are African-American, they're just sort of like, oh, there are black people in New Mexico. And I think the perspective is good because it shows that there are black people in New Mexico and there are young people in New Mexico and that we do have a voice. And uh, now to you, Mr. Wallace. Well, I think, you know, uh, Jocelyn is saying, Ms. Ms. Hill, Jocelyn Hill is saying it quite correctly that Yes, yeah, she and and Jacqueline's one of our writers, by the way, and 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 we are we are so pleased to have her on our staff, and 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 the thing is, is that it gives young people an opportunity to write in in the perspective, and it gives them learn their learning skills, and at the same time, being able to identify things that are happening with other young people in the community, uh, and they this is something that they can put on a resume because they're actually being paid for it, so it's something that they can say, I actually wrote for a publication. They can uh, call us and get archives of their articles that they've written. And, and at the same time, you know, they're learning and they're also doing a, a great service for the community because they're identifying things that our young people are doing athletically, educational-wise, and, and through uh, venues of community service. So it's, it's, we set aside at least four pages in every publication for some of the accomplishments of our youth. This one is for you, Mr. Wallace. What are some of the main focuses of the perspective uh actually we is it, there's a there's a variety of different things that we talk about in the perspective uh politically we have we have it's sectioned out into political sections educational and we have like i said identified our youth section medical section and 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 we have doctors right uh lawyers and and judges everybody participates it's a, just truly a community venture and we have a, 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 a variety of different writers. And, and you won't see probably the same in the perspective two, you'll you'll see a different writer in each each one. One would publish at the beginning of the month and the other would publish uh at about the third week of the month. And you'll see a variety of different writers in each one. We'll have one we'll have somebody in our business community writing, someone in our spiritual community in our medical community. So like I said, it's it's uh it's truly a community venture and that's that's probably the most positive thing about it is that the community have embraced it. Uh Jonkolin, what what do you think you have gained from the experience of writing for the perspective? 
I think I've really gained a great opportunity because um, it's amazing when you can write something and have it published. And also just the experience and the people and knowing that the African-American community in New Mexico does have a voice. And it just offers so many opportunities. In fact, I learned about youth radio through the perspective. That's great. That's, that's very good to hear. <laughs> How did you get involved with writing for the perspective too? Um, I actually learned about it through my church. It's a publication, it's a publication that um, is delivered to my church, and that's where I can see copies of it. And so I just asked questions, and I was able to get the opportunity. What kind of articles do you like to write, or what kind of articles do you write? Um, one I've written is on how African Americans, particularly females, feel about role models. And that was a, I really liked writing that one because I was able to talk to some of my classmates and some of the people I go to church with and ask them questions and feel and find out how they feel about things. And you find out that people are basically thinking the same thing as you. People all want the same thing. We're just not talking about it. What do you think are some of the major topics that affect African-American teens? Um, I think two of the main topics really are um, HIV AIDS and also education. Because with um, AIDS, the, it's the leading cause of death for women ages, um, African-American women ages 15 to 24. And that's a scary statistic. It honestly is. And there needs to be more awareness about that. And also with education, it's basically the key to everything. It can open so many doors for you. And I think it's good for black teens to know what's out there, to know the opportunities, and to be able to reach those goals. That's, that's very good. Uh, Mr. Wallace, what do you believe are some of the articles that have been most impactful to the youth audience? Well, you know, what we do is we give our young people opportunity to pick their own article, to pick, you know, to actually go out and research an article. I think some of the most impactful, the ones that and we can't take the credit for because our young people have actually pulled these articles in. And, and like the one Jacqueline is talking about is, 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 is impactful in that young people are talking about how they feel about role models. Are they there? Do they have role models present? Do they feel like they have role models that make a difference in their life? And when, when young people start bringing that stuff, you know, those, that information to the forefront, then people are able to learn and say, hey, we're not serving our youth. We're not there for our young people. Our young ladies don't feel like they have role models. Or in cases where they do, we need to step up and say, we need to make sure we continue to do those things. Our young people, when we give them an opportunity to go and research, they bring back information that is pertinent to them. And, and the articles that, you know, we want, most of the articles that have come back from our young people have been about other young people about uh, a 4.0 student or who's an athlete or able to do all these things in school and still keep the grade point average up. That's encouraging for, uh, for other young people to say it can be done. That's encouraging for the family, you know, to know what they're doing the right thing. So we, we give a lot of leverage for our young people to bring, bring their own information 
that they think is important. And then, and I haven't read one that we've gone through that I felt has not been important. They've all seen to bring some good information, and 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 we value everything that they want us to know. Every article that we write has a picture. I love putting pictures about our young people in there simply because that one crosses so many uh, generations. So does the uh, articles on our older population. We, we, we've had um, uh, old, old, uh, old people, and I'm not going to call them old people, but uh, the elder gen- generation uh, has, has donned our cover. We, we did an article on uh, uh, individuals over 90. And it was amazing. We were able to find some of the most beautiful, energetic ladies that we put on the cover. And if, and what it does, though, is that they have a whole linear of family and friends who were interested in the article simply because it crossed so many generations. And and that's that, and if you'll notice, every article has a picture in it. I have I've looked at the newspaper and noticed that there are like every every article does have a picture, and it really does help tell the story. Jean-Claude, how how diverse do you think the audience has become? Um, I think it's very diverse. It crosses um, lots of age barriers because when I see people reading it, it's just not older people or middle-aged people or college students or young people. It's everybody. Everybody can find something in it. And also you see people that aren't just African-American reading the magazine trying to find out what's going on with our community, trying to figure out what we have to say. That's great. And uh, where can you pick them up? Um, well, you can find them in African-American churches throughout the city, um, a lot of black businesses. And correct me if I'm mistaken, but they're going to start being able to get them at Flying Star? Yeah, we're, we're currently working with the Flying Star to set up a... Uh, not just the Flying Star, but actually uh, several other business establishments. Uh, once we set up our um, our paper holder uh, holding trays in there, that we're going to be able to set it up in in their establishments, and that's going to help drive the numbers that we're putting out. And and they're located in, like Jacqueline said, in in, in all of the black churches, and in the black businesses that are around, and in several of the other business establishments uh, that that. You know, that uh, people frequent some of the restaurants, they can find them there too as well. Thank you so much, Mr. Wallace, editor of The Perspective, for coming in today for your time and really helping us out with this interview. And thank you very much, Jonkolin, for coming in and telling us about your experiences as a writer for, or as a contributing writer for The Perspective. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Thank you. The Perspective is a free publication available at Albuquerque's African American churches and businesses. A big thank you to Ron Wallace and John Quinn Hill for participating in the interview with John John. Here is some awesome music with On. Our next song is Gota and Ve'em, which means a fairytale story of you and me. This song is sung in Vietnamese and Chinese by a band called HAT, and after that is Effective Line by 183 Club. The song is supposed to be a bit depressing and it comes from the same movie as Mace. And if you had missed any of our songs or you want to find out the names of it, you can go to our website at KUNM.org and click on their playlist. <laughs> Khúc ca yêu chàng, rồi em ca vang khúc hát đêm qua 
Have you ever thought about how much energy you use? Anthony Jarecki has. Here he is with a commentary describing his energy epiphany. This is the sound of convenience in my house. Microwave, television, computer, stereo. We use these appliances a lot. My 14-year-old brother Alexis is the main culprit. He leaves the lights on and appliances unattended. I, on the other hand, try not to waste that much energy. I caught him upstairs playing on the computer and a handheld video game called a DS at the same time. I'm on the computer and the DS at the same time, only computer and TV. And then you play on the DS and then you're on the TV at the same time or the computer and the TV at the same time. <laughs> or the computer and the DS at the same time or the computer and the TV and the DS at the same time. No, that's crazy. <laughs> you do that. You're the one who does it. I use it more than you? Of course. Mm. You sleep with the radio on and you don't turn it off until the morning. That's not true. You told me five what times. <laughs> okay, maybe we both use more energy than necessary. But my parents have tried to teach us to be mindful about energy. They grew up in a totally different era in a small town in Mexico. I used to pick up the manure of the cow and also the manure of the donkeys. Here's my dad talking about his first lesson in energy. Uh, I was like a seven-year-old, and I used to sell it in a, in a place where they used the, the manure to burn it. So that was the, the energy that, uh, besides the wood, you know, but sometimes it's hard to get wood in a certain time of the year. That's the gas delivery man in my dad's hometown, Halostotiklan. He's saying, gas. He's shouting out the window of his truck to sell tanks of gas to the townspeople. This summer, I visited my family there, and I learned a lot about energy in a new way. The scenery in this town is quite different from my neighborhood in Los Angeles. I see sandy streets, red brick houses, and large open ranches. I also noticed something bizarre. On the rooftops of many houses, there are large metallic panels. I stop by my neighbors to ask, what's it all about? The person who answers the door is an elderly lady named Guillermina Gonzalez. She tells me the panels are her solar-powered water heating system. She says that over the past 25 years, she has conserved not only gas, 
but also tons of money. It seems that energy uses on people's minds here more than L.A. This makes me wonder, am I an energy brat? When I'm home in L.A., I even complain about going outside to put my clothes in the washing machine. Here in my grandma's in Jalisco, I'm getting used to being in the washing machine. And now I am doing laundry. Here it's all hand washed. You get the water from this uh, water reserve, it's like the inside of a toilet. It's like a little pump and when the water runs out it refills. And I just grew. <sighs> when you go through trouble getting something, then you really appreciate, you know, then when you have it. I've always had energy in my fingertips, so I haven't really thought about where it comes from or how much I use. My parents have had it harder, and maybe that's where they get their mentality about energy. Uh, like, I don't know if you remember where your mother used to live, on the top of the hill. She used to go down there to get the water. She was had to walk a lot to get some water. So now, when uh, we, when you guys or, or me even uh, use a lot of water, uh, she really get upset because she, she knew how hard it was to get the water. And now that we have the water, sometimes we waste it. I always thought my mom was just tripping on me whenever I left the water running. But now I understand the chill that must run through her spine when she sees me waste water. Now that I'm back in LA, I'm more dedicated to saving energy. Not only do I turn off the lights, but I even caught myself looking through articles on energy conservation and careers. I used to think energy was only an issue in my house, but now I realize that it's an issue affecting the whole world. I'm Anthony Haregui. That was Anthony Haregui from Berkeley Youth Radio with a commentary on conserving energy. And now to our wonderful music host, Jonquilin Hill. Hey, Jonquilin Hill here. The first song I will be playing for you this exquisite evening is Paper Thin Walls by Modest Mouse off the album The Moon in Antarctica. The song after that is Fantasy Part 1 by Voice, an underground hip-hop artist from her debut CD, Gumbo. This song is a personal favorite of mine because it offers a real look at rap culture from the female perspective. Hope you enjoy. And now it's time for this week's calendar with our great hosts, Michael Harley and Nicole Beatty.
Hey, Mr. Scrooge. Knock, knock. Well, who's there? Callan. Callan who? Callender. Callender? Is that supposed to be a joke? Bah humbug. Can we please get this over with? Oh, but Mr. Scrooge, I love Christmas. And I also love Christmas events. Like the ones on Youth Radio Weekly Calendar. First we have Saturday in the garage. See the holiday themed work of the local artists, sculptors, glass artists, jewelry makers, and more from 10 to 2 p.m. Saturday at the garage is located at the Gardeners Guild at 3222 Central Southeast. For more information, please call 268-2719. It's the holiday season. Whoop-de-doo and dickery-dock. Who wrote this? Get into the holiday spirit, ugh, for heaven's sake, with a bizarre retelling of The Christmas Carol, which we'll be showing at the Vortex Theater from Thursday, December 14th through Saturday the 16th at 8 p.m., with an additional performance on December 17th at 6 p.m. For more information, call 247-8600. At Outyanda, live art studio why history week is taking place with a theme stuck in neutral join in the bridge of historical and social gap surrounding white culture to celebrate the studio's putting on a variety of events including anti-racism workshop on december 14th a dance on december 15th and hanukkah celebration on december 16th for more information please call 480-1001 Alchanda is located at 929 4th Street Southwest. You know what I really despise? Christmas music. And on that note, we're going to talk about upcoming music events. Oh, must we? Yeah. Well, for all of you people in the disgustingly freezing north, the Santa Fe Brewing Company is hosting a performance by the group Babble Shack on Tuesday, December 12th at 8 p.m. Also in Santa Fe on December 11th, Warehouse 21 presents Ammunition, Ronosco, Torn Between Worlds, and Maggot. Why would anyone name their band after Maggots? Maggots are just as despicable as Christmas, in my opinion. Anyway, both shows are all ages, so you can bring Tiny Tim along. I love coffee! An Irish Irish Max coffee house has plenty of that. George Parmuter will be there too, performing some smooth jazz and blues for the red Christmas shoes. That makes no sense. It's Christmas. Red and green is everywhere. Anyway, the performance will be on December 14th from 9, from 9 to 11 p.m. The show is all ages. To find more information, you can call 265-5597. The Launchpad will present the reanimation show on December 13th at 7 p.m. This show is another one of those all-ages affairs. For more information, call the Launchpad at 764-8887 or visit their website at www.launchpadrocks.com. Yay, more coffee! Every morning, I mean, every Monday night at Blue Dragon Coffee House, Trout hosts Monday Night Live from 8 to 10 p.m. And again, it's all-ages, so you can go too, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> Every Saturday this December, there's something to keep you distracted from counting all of your money. At the Albuquerque Square Dance Center, learn to dance and have refreshments while you're at it. The lessons go from 7 to 10.30 p.m. and are located at 4915 Hawkins Northeast. 
For more information, call 299-3737. Tis the season to be giving. There will be a holiday benefit for the, for the Saldor, Salvadorian women and youth of Morazan. The program will include music, poetry, and a silent auction. All proceeds will, be, will go towards helping to send young women of Morazan to universities. The f- benefit will take place Thursday, December 14th at 6.30 p.m. For more information, please call 244-0443. Now that the calendar's over, I have a joke for you, Nicole. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Santa. Santa who? Santa came down the chimney and squished Tiny Tim. Okay. <laughs> this has been a Youth Radio Weekly Calendar for December 10th, 2006. If you'd like to learn more about any of these calendar events, visit www.kunm.org slash youthradio. I'm your calendar host, Ebenezer Scrooge. And I'm your other calendar host, Nicole Beatty. And now back to our hosts. Though there's so many holiday events going on, it's overwhelming. But I'm afraid it's time for our credits. And now for our million dollar credits. Thank you to Ron Wallace and Jonkel and Hill for the interview about the prospective newspaper. Our off-the-chain producer was Miles Anderson. The outrageously skillful engineer is Mar- Mariah Gonzalez. Tonight's musically inclined music hosts were Jonkel and Hill and An Nguyen. Our community cognizant calendar hosts were Nicole Beatty and Michael Harley. Thank you to Anthony Jockey from Berkeley Youth Radio for the commentary on energy com- conservation. Yeah, conservation. Others in Youth Radio include Diana Baron Moore, Paula Castillo, Kyle Ferris, Jaren Kai, Philip Riley, and Lucia Martinez. Our adult coal conspirators are Stephen Immons, Roberta Rael, Marcos Martinez, Krista Pinon, Elizabeth Dreyer, and Roman Garcia. I'm your host for the night, John John Guzman. And I'm your co-host, Nago Beatty. For more information, please go to Youth Radio KUNM.org slash Youth Radio. And now to John Colin. Hey you guys, it's John Colin again. The next smooth track I'll be playing for you is Yo Vivo Rey. A grooving Spanish version of I Will Survive by Celia Cruz. This is off the album World Groove, a mix of music from around the world. Up next is Spoken Word. See you on the flip side. Tiempo cualquier soledad sin que la pueda controlar toma forma de canción. Así es mi voz que sale de mi corazón y volará sin yo querer por los caminos más lejanos por los sueños que soñé será reflejo del amor de lo que me tocó vivir será la música de fondo de lo mucho que sentí oye mi son 